0: You're listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. This story was recorded live at a True Story party in April 2012 in the San Francisco Bay Area. The theme for the night was confrontation. Okay, I'm not really a confrontational person, so this is about a confrontation with uh, the wild. It was sophomore year at Stanford, and... I was really unhappy. I had a lot of like pent up frustration with a lot of things that I can't keep track of. I think I was really feeling the bubble effect. Um, I was surrounded by people who were seemingly preoccupied with really superficial things. They were talking about partying or talking about fashion. and I had been reading probably some really intense German philosopher about self-determination, and maybe I just read Into the Wild or something like that. but. It was coming up on spring break and people were talking about Cancun or doing an ASB or all these things and I didn't want any of that. I wanted my own spring break that was totally different. I decided that I wanted to go into the woods by myself, which I had never done before. And I start Googling things and I type in queries like desolate, lonely, nobody goes there. (laughs) And (laughs) I found a place. In Mendocino County, it's called the Yallabali Middle Eel Wilderness, and almost no one goes there, uh, especially in March. And so I, I packed up all my gear, I packed up my food, I borrowed my brother's 1984 Honda Accord, and took off driving for my spring break. I pulled into like a very podunk little forest ranger station, and there was no one there. And I had read in some book somewhere that you should always file a report with the rangers, that they know where you are, and so I. Left them this slip that said, like, you know, it's March 27th, my name is Brian, I'm 20 years old and traveling alone. It was really cool to just write that. And slip that under the door and then drive up into these beautiful red hills, feeling really happy, really free. No one else was around, no one was telling me what to do. There was no priorities but my own. And um, I'm about 20 miles from the trailhead, from the entrance to the park, and the road is blocked by snow. Uh, It's this little forest road that no one ever uses. There's just a big pile of snow blocking the way. And um, up a little ways from that is a locked gate, because they close the road in winter because it's completely unusable. And so here I am 20 miles from even the entrance to the park. So I get up my stuff, and I start walking. I decide, well, you know, in a couple days I will make it to the park entrance, and then my trip will really start, but I'll just have kind of this extra bonus section of, like, Twenty miles of forest roads it won 't be so bad. Um, I start walking and it's um, it 's really lame it 's really bad. Um, I have way too much stuff. I have a really heavy tent. I have like enough peanut butter and couscous to feed seven people i 've got way too much clothing you know i don 't have a lot of experience backpacking and i 'm also sort of out of shape and so every time there 's an uphill, I get sort of tired and i 'm walking, I just sort of stop to, like, breathe for a minute, because there's no one else who, like, notices that you stop, so you can just kind of stop and breathe for a while. And I do that a lot, and it takes me a really long time to get anywhere. And there's also, like, the road is kind of, there's a stretch covered by snow, and then there's a stretch that's bare, and then more snow. And the snow is really squishy and hard to walk on, and so I had snowshoes. So every time there was snow, I'd, like, stop... Strap my snowshoes on, walk 100 yards, get to the dirt, stop, take the snowshoes off, keep walking, just incredibly slow going. You know, it was in the woods. It was nice, but, like, there were low clouds. You couldn't see a lot. It was lonely. It was really not what I was looking for. And I was sort of started asking, like, what am I really doing here? And if you've ever been on a solo trip in the woods, at least any time I do it, you always start wondering right away, like, so when am I going to go home? I brought, like, seven days' worth of food. Maybe I'll go back after one night. Maybe two nights will be enough. And I kind of had this ongoing conversation of, like, I'll go a little further and then go home. And maybe a little further, then go home. Um, This goes on for a couple of days. When I get close to the park entrance, things start to get a little more intense. Um... There's a lot more snow on the ground. I'm using the snowshoes all the time. There's a little bit of storming going on sometimes. There's wind blowing. There's snow coming down. You can see less and less. So the stakes are raised a little bit. I'm having a bit more of an exciting experience. Um, I kind of bond with my pack. You know, it's like this large purple object that is kind of person-shaped, and you can kind of hug it. (laughs) And it, it sort of takes care of you, you know, it has your food and your shelter in it, and like, if you lose it, you're sort of helpless. And so I feel kind of connected to my pack. I had a, I brought a little voice recorder with me, and I would like stop and like take notes of like where I was or what the weather was or some thought that I had. The food that I brought was was pretty horrendous. Um, I would make like a huge pot of plain couscous for dinner because I didn't know how to cook anything else and eat it plain and of course have way too much. And so breakfast the next morning is like cold, plain couscous. Lunch was a little better. I had, let's see, I had cheddar cheese, salami, honey, peanut butter, and hot sauce. And I put them all together on a blueberry bagel. And it was delicious. I loved it. I had the same thing for lunch every day. I decide, I kind of set the goal for myself. Okay, I'm at least going to make it to the entrance to the park. I'm at least going to go that far. And it ends up being sort of a long day. I'm really tired. You know, I take a wrong turn and go down the wrong hill. I have to come all the way back up. And when I finally make it to the trailhead, uh, there's kind of a full storm in effect. It's like halfway dark. There's strong wind blowing. There's snow blowing into my face. And the trailhead, which I had hoped would maybe have a structure or two, maybe an easy place to camp, was on top of this really narrow, really windswept ridge with intense wind coming over the top. And it's the absolute worst place that you could camp. And so, of course, I camp right there because it's dark and I'm dehydrated and I can't really make any other decision. And I set up my tent and turn around to get the tent stakes. And when I turn around, like, the tent is gone. And I turn and it's, fortunately, it's only moved about 30 feet in the wind and I like chase after it and drag it back and like anchor it to a picnic table and make it stay but, and crawl inside and like cook dinner inside the tent night. But I'm asking myself like, not only are you like dehydrated and like half stupid, but, what are you doing here? Like, it's cold, it's lonely, it's stormy, you can't see anything. You've been walking for two days and you just now got to, like, the stupid trailhead. Like, what is this? Okay, tomorrow morning, I'm just going to go home. I'm done. I'm just going to go home. And um, I'm kind of sitting in the tent waiting to get tired enough to fall asleep. And I start looking at the park map and wondering about, you know, Where else I might have gone if the trip had been better. And I noticed that the, um, the highest point in the park, Mount Lin, is really close to the trailhead where I'm camping. And the trailhead is really like on a shoulder of that mountain. It's only a mile, mile or two to the top. So I decide, okay, in the morning, I will climb Mount Lin. I'll make it to the top and like that'll be my trip. So in the morning, I, I get packed for my little day trip. You know, I detach the top of my pack, and I've got like little fanny pack thing going on with like, you know, one of my amazing bagel sandwiches in there, and it's really stormy. And as I start climbing the side of the mountain, like the wind gets more and more intense. You know, I almost like dodge from rocky outcropping to rocky outcropping, like between gusts of wind because it's so, it's, it's almost strong enough to to blow you over completely. I finally wind my way up to the summit after a couple hours of trudging through the snow. I come onto the summit of the mountain and there's like some big kind of craggy rocks popping up and kind of a flat area in the snow and the clouds have finally lifted a little bit and the wind is incredibly intense, incredibly strong. There's no snow blowing, but the wind is so strong that you can lean into it like it, 20 or 30 degrees and it holds you up like it's pushing you back there's these really um bright clouds kind of streaming overhead in the wind and i can see like all around me like i can see the wilderness area and i can see like a lake or two and i can see the rolling hills and like the pine forest covered in snow and for the first time like it's really beautiful like i get to see where i am and the wind is screaming in my ears and a corner of the sky is kind of glowing yellow with the morning sun it's this gorgeous moment and i have uh, voice recording I still have it somewhere of my time on the summit and it's just one long scream and it's 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 the wind screaming into the little microphone and I started screaming too and I just kind of howled into the wind and like snarled and shouted and cursed and like bawled my fists and it just like this kind of primal thing overtook me and um I just felt like here I am like incredibly far from any other person from any like living thing that I've seen and it felt like I was I was right up brushing against this this void this like craggy mountain this wind these clouds that didn't care about me that were totally devoid of life but like in a very primal way like very very much alive and I felt like I was really touching it and something kind of like came inside then. And like I I had like some spark after that. And I came down from the summit. I had like this amazing new energy. And I was like, wow, that was wonderful. That was such a release. I feel great. And I knew right away that like, I'm done with this trip. I'm finished. I've done what I came here to do. So I pack up my tent and I start walking. And the trail that had been so hard on the first few days, and I'd like stopped for a rest so many times, I just powered through almost the entire thing. I think I walked halfway through the night that day. You know, I walked for like 20 miles almost without stopping and I got huge blisters on my feet and just ignored them and kept walking and they broke. And I was like, had my voice recorder on the whole time talking about all these like amazing ideas that I had. And I was so inspired and just chugging out of the wilderness and I'd gotten exactly what I wanted. Finally get back to the car and drive out of the hills and... After those really amazing four days in the woods in contact with that void, I figured there was really only one thing I could do upon re-entering civilization. And so I went straight to (laughs) In-N-Out. For a cheeseburger and a chocolate shake. And if you're interested in hearing a taste of Brian's mountaintop scream, this is what it sounds like. You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast, or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hand. That open up a life that's led, is something gold. I've been alone, I've been solo, I've been in love before, I've been in love before.